Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, one of the things we should be talking about is player character backstories and how you can use them. Right. Or if you're like me, you never write yours or you never get them from the players and then you don't have any backstory to begin with. So how do you deal with all that? Well, assuming you get them, then you have hopefully family members and friends and other things that you can deal with. You have a hometown that you can uh, bring stories out of. If you don't get them, then as far as I'm concerned as the DM, you've let me decide your backstory in terms of do you have family? Do you not have family? Do you have a hometown because you were born somewhere? Do you care about said town? Because you haven't told me that you don't, I have to assume that you do. So here's how I would use them. You're the player's, you know, the player character's sister or close cousin or parent or whatever might show up. And that's exactly how I'd introduce them. Like, you see this person coming and you look at them directly, unless, of course, there's like several of them from the same hometown per the backstory that they may have given you, like the four second version. We're all brothers. Okay, great. Thanks. Um... How'd you all meet? We're all brothers. Okay, fine. So you see, you three see somebody you might recognize. Please roll. And no matter what they roll, they know. There's no way they fail. Like, you don't recognize your own sister. It's like, what? Is there like an acid bath or something? Like, what? No. Of course, she, like, there's no way you could fail not knowing your own family. So you're like, oh, you see, you three see your sister and she looks really worried. What are you doing? And hopefully the answer is running up to them. Otherwise, you just berate them for being heartless. You know, (laughs) I mean, even an evil character should still have some compassion for somebody in the world. But fine. Most players don't play evil anyway, so this isn't really that much of an issue. Mm -hmm. So they go over, and at that point, you use the family member as the hook. And even if they say, oh, I wrote a backstory saying that I was an orphan and I have no family and I have no friends and no one loved me and the town I came from got nuked. Cool. Well, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody helped you do something and that's the stupid person who's coming to help you. Who's Barbara coming to John ask. over there t- took you in after you after fled from that town. <laughs> after, your plan, after your planet, you know, after your town got nuked by giants on horseback or whatever the heck happened, right? Yeah. Farmer I mean, John found you and took you in. <laughs> So Farmer John over there is getting is in trouble. Right. One day while you were walking through the fields, you stopped and twisted your ankle, and this stranger helped you and took you to town and gave you some money to get back on your feet. Well, he found you, and he needs a favor. So it's like you could still do this no matter what. But the point is you can use the backstory as a hook for your games. And we covered hooks. Actually, I think it was like a second episode was covering hooks. But a hook is basically the idea that you need them to go do something. Now, some people get really railroady with a hook. This is going to be a little railroady with a hook. So you need to undo the railroad almost immediately. And so how I would do that is, you know, hey, your sister came and she needs help because there's somebody trying to terrorize the family's homestead or the town. So you guys all ride back. And at that point, you can use this thing of mixing genres like we talked about a couple of episodes ago where, you know, they ask questions. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I don't know. These weird mass men just showed up and started demanding protection money, right? So now it's like a mob movie from the 20s. Mm-hmm. And, who and you know, so-and-so didn't pay and they went and they roughed him up and now he's in a cast and... You know, we sent we sent your sister to go help you because we can't pay this week and we're really concerned. All right, perfect. 
And now you can look at kind of like the scourging of the Shire or something like that from Lord of the Rings, the books to, uh, to get some, um, information on how that might work or literally watch any of those movies where the neighborhood gang is offering quote unquote protection money from themselves. Um, so that, you know, they collect money and they won't rob basically they'll just loot your store for you. And so then how does that play out? Right. Are these you know, what is it? Is it like two guys show up into town, they demand the protection money, you guys then end up killing them or sending them on their way, which then creates this kind of like Wyatt Earp tombstone, see the movie tombstone where it's like you've ticked off the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And then everything starts going downhill from there where it's like maybe there's some negotiations, you try some diplomacy matters where you're like, I think you guys should move on. They start bringing in more and more people. They start to tell you to move on. There's scuffling, there's some fighting. You find you start looking at clues to find out where their hideout is. So maybe you can do a preemptive thing on them instead of them always coming to your town. Because let's just be honest, if you're going to have a knockout, drag down magical fight, you don't want to do it in your parents' living room because nothing's going to survive that, right? Like I'd rather mm-hmm. do it in your living room. Like if I'm going to have a fight with you, I want to be fighting in your living room because when we break a bunch of stuff, it's your stuff. It's not my stuff. <laughs> and so you could do that where like maybe you're doing a covert a covert spy espionage thing where you're following them back and trying not to get caught to see where they, their hideout is, or maybe you literally stop and interrogate one. You do a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a different way to do a uh, thing. You like, who's the weakest link in their party? We're going to tail them. Yeah. And then we're going to find them. We're going to kidnap them. And then I wouldn't do torture. This like, seems like a great place to like torture information out of a person, but here's the deal. Most people, thank God, do not like torture. If you've ever heard me talk about this, and I think I've talked about it no less than like four or five times, torture is not the thing that people find fun and enjoyable. And D&D as a whole should be in an atmosphere where you're trying to do something fun and enjoyable. And there's inevitably going to be one player who's going to be like, we should torture him for information. And you should look at him and be like, well, you know, you all have magic. Oh, I can cast a certain lies. There we go. No reason to torture anybody. Or there's this fun thing called intimidate. Intimidate doesn't have to mean torture. No. It just means, just oh. roll it. Go go grab Rolock the orc who's seven feet tall and just have him stand over. And that might be enough. Yeah, just make the intimidate roll. Like, you don't have to be, again, you don't have to play out the full mob movie from the 20s where it's like, oh, Joey owes us money. Let's break his pinky. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, no. Going not... back to Princess Bride, I am the Brute Squad. Just might be enough to just get what you need. Exactly, yeah. I'm on the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll tell you what you want. And so, fine. And that could be enough, right? And if it isn't enough, make it enough. Right? The point of this is not to make the thing so hard that they can't get the information they need. But maybe the guy doesn't know where the full hideout is. Maybe he's only taken to a camp. He's not high enough level to know where the boss always stays, but he does know when the boss comes to meet him, they or, meet out this little gulch ravine yep. thing outside of town. I, I only drop the money in this tree as a drop-off, so you can probably find some some information there. Right. And that's just it, right? Where it's the same thing. is like, I don't know where the big bad is. Like, I just know where I go to meet the big bad, and that's not where – I mean, he doesn't live there. It's this – it's the old twisted tree out like 16 miles outside of town on the West Sand side near the gulch. No one lives there. It's flat. But at the twisted tree, I drop off the money and occasionally I'll see somebody show up and take it. Okay. When's your next drop? Because we are going to be there. 
Mm-hmm. You'll make your drop, you'll walk out, and then we'll do the ambush after the fact. You know what I mean? And if we don't make it, you can always claim that we followed you out there. You might get a little roughed up for that, but at least you won't be killed. You know, done. So you have all these things where you can do some really cool concepts around using them for the hook and then quickly moving the hook out of, like, the hook's really just a matter of giving somebody into a position. And at that point, and giving them enough information for them to start asking questions. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you can easily open it up. Well, bandits are attacking. Cool. Well, that means we could start to fortify or we could figure out what's going on. Maybe you just have two bandits come up that don't look like that big of a deal and your players decide to take them out because it's like, oh, problem solved. No, problem's not solved. There's 100 bandits. You just took out two dudes. Like now the entire bandit area has got to come down on you because they have to make an example of this town. Otherwise, they lose their entire street cred. And it's your fault. Yep. So anyway, what? The other thing I was going to mention with that is going back to player consequences with that. Yes. How how they how they handle it could actually bite them later on. And should, even if they handle it properly. Yeah, even if they handle it with diplomacy, there's consequences for actions, good or bad. Well, so they do it with diplomacy, and let's say they do it with diplomacy, right? Totally, mm-hmm. they just convince these people, this is not the town you want to mess with, da-da-da-da-da. Cool. Those two guys are afraid of them, they walk away. But the big bad isn't afraid of you. Yeah. Right? So, oh, you intimidated our two lowly thugs. So that I don't even know their names. So what? We're still going to pressure. And that's when that's when you have the tombstone situation from the movie Tombstone show up. Because now the big bad walks into town. You know what I mean? Walks into town and maybe immediately takes a hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, not to take a hostage out of the town, but just to take a hostage as like, I grabbed this girl and I will do whatever I want. And you're not going to start anything with me. We're going to have a chat, nice friendly chat. And then I'm going to walk out of here. My two associates are going to let the girl go and we're going to leave. You know what I mean? But it's it sets the stage of escalating tension. Yeah. You know, oh, you solved it non-violently. That's fantastic. Escalating tension. Oh, you solved it violently. That's fantastic. Escalating tension. Mm-hmm. But there's how I would use a PC's backstory to allow me to get the players into an area where, you know, maybe their hometown and that way they can't just open up and be the, you know, just murder everybody because they have ties to this place, whether they told me they did or not. So anyway, hope that's helpful. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.